Hey, Sean. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> What'd you call me? You heard me. You heard the man. <laughs> it's uh, the, the time that we've been waiting for is finally upon us. David is moving back to the area. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> not not quite not yet oh no it's uh the time that sean has been th- talking about in his memories for the last month the dawn of christmas eve is upon us because this is a, a christmas eve eve <laughs> special episode of <laughs> the scene on screen podcast you know we just wanted to say to all of our listeners out there thanks for uh Sticking with us over this last year, it's not quite our New Year's episode, but uh, we want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays, uh, what whatever you are celebrating. We hope that you spend time with loved ones, friends, and family, and you enjoy this episode of the Seat on Screen podcast. Happy Christmas Eve Eve, David. Happy Christmas Eve Eve. As Phoebe Buffet once coined. Eve Eve. Eve Eve. It's uh it's surreal. Like it's like we're finally here and it only took Walmart the middle of October to to get us started. I know, and but, finally uh, all of those memories and those feelings that you've been feeling, you can finally feel. So I need to publicly apologize to you. To me. Just you. Thanks okay, all to of our, our, hold on, all of our listeners, close your ears because this is just for me. Lean in. Um, <laughs> thanks to a mix-up in the North Pole, a package of yours that was supposed to be given to me to send to you is going to be a little bit late. So you might get a Christmas present in like January. <laughs> I'm so oh, sorry. It, is this because you feel bad because I sent you something and now you're panicking? <laughs> no, not not at all. Not at all. Um We had a few things in mind. Chris and I were going back and forth and we were like, do we get both of them something or just David to really affirm the love? And then she was like, well, you do what you want. So something's coming. (laughs) (laughs) The holidays are coming. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, You, the the little elves of Canada Post have actually been, you know, let's talk about shipping stuff for a little bit because we both recently uh, my anxiety is flaring i I know it's that time of year where you know we can't always hand deliver things to uh the people that we are buying gifts for and want to share stuff with so you know what i have to give props to canada post i know people like to rag on them a lot for for uh tracking delays and especially up here things usually go to thunder bay and then they go to winnipeg and then they come back to kenora so they pretty much have to drive through Kenora to go to Winnipeg and then back. So it's kind of a, a huge mess. But I shipped some stuff out. Uh, I, I mailed something to yourself and uh, to my parents in uh, southwestern Ontario last. Oh, man, what day was it? It was uh, the last Thursday. And and you got it today. So that, and, and for bad. all of our listeners, we, we're recording this episode like really early because normally <laughs> because, you know, we don't want to be recording this on 
Christmas. We Eve. just we yeah. we legitimately can't record any later than today, just so yeah. everybody knows. <laughs> but uh, really, that's uh, like a, a four four day turnaround. Meanwhile, we have both selectively or individually ordered stuff elsewhere. Like I had to order some stuff from Costco, which was shipped beginning of November or sorry, end of November. And it's still just sitting, waiting to be delivered. <laughs> and you've, you've ordered some stuff that's kind of like nowhere to be seen. Yeah. The um, it's, it's funny. Cause I've got two different um, items that are, pending and one says in the warehouse and I could literally drive 40 minutes to the warehouse, but it's just pending. I'm, uh, I'm hopeful. Like I did do a really nice gift for someone. I'm hopeful it's shipped in the next few days. If not, it'll just be a really late Christmas gift. And yeah, sometimes, and you know what I've noticed though, is like, uh, anything that's being shipped by like FedEx or UPS, I feel like they are, they're offloading it to like third party couriers because uh, I had ordered, I had ordered some like chargers, USB chargers from uh, Samsung because they had like 20, they're 25 watt ones down for like 20 bucks. Yeah. And then like a 65 watt one down to like 40 bucks, so, like 50% off for all these things. So I figured why not? I'll get some of these. And uh, it was delivered to my house and I have you know, the Google doorbell and, and I have a camera on the front of my house so I can see when people are like driving up to my house and at the front door. And it was like guard line or something, some other carrier or courier that delivered this package to my house and it needed a signature. So I had set it up so that it was delivered to the FedEx uh, like ship center, which is yeah. down the street from my office, right? Not even... 10 minutes after I set that up, I got a notification saying that was delivered with my name, not even spelled properly in the signature, the signature spot. So I I didn't know your house was a Starbucks. Right. So (laughs) I, I uh, looked at the camera and like somebody just like kind of comes to the front door, throws a package at the door and leaves. I'm like, Oh my God. So, uh, and then in telecom, you, you're you're uh, more than my, familiar with Intelecom. Intelecom right? is my nemesis. Yeah. How how is it they have one job? Their job is literally to deliver a package, take a picture, and walk away. And they'll just leave them in. Uh, like I've come home to seeing my packages outside the glass doors. I saw one of my packages was box beside the dumpster, which means it definitely got yucked. Yeah. So. Intelecom has slowly started making its way up to Northern Ontario. So I like noticed more and more, more and more uh, Amazon packages are being delivered by Intelecom. So they get up to Thunder Bay and then the tracking just stops. And uh, either they just don't show up or they show up randomly, but then the tracking never updates. So the other day it was, I don't know what day it was. It was like Saturday night at like 930 or Friday night at like 930. I get a notification from the Amazon app saying that my package was delivered. And meanwhile, this was something that I had ordered, you know, three or four weeks ago. Amazon has had already refunded me because the tracking never updated. The item did show up, but tracking never updated. And this was after they had already refunded me. Right. So two weeks later, I get this notification that it was delivered, but I checked the tracking. It said that it was out for delivery in Thunder Bay and then delivered two minutes later. 
<laughs> and they're then, trying so hard. So then the funny thing is, so I see there's a like a Facebook group for for my town, and someone had posted, "Did anyone else get a notification of uh, Intelecom package delivered or out for delivery and then delivered about two minutes later?" And there's probably about eighty five comments of people all saying, "Yeah, like within the span of like three minutes." You know, all these people had these packages that went from sitting in Thunder Bay to out for delivery in Thunder Bay and delivered in Thunder Bay. And uh, it's just been a huge mess up here. But, you know, Canada Post got the shit where it needs to go. And that's nestled snugly under your tree. I will say um, before we move on from Canada Post, I did the um, Disc Golf Canada Secret Santa and it was Mm -hmm. a lot of fun. It was a really cool opportunity to send out discs and gifts to people. Um, but they suggested everybody buy these flat rate shipping boxes. And my package got to BC in probably six days. Not bad at all. That's not bad. How much was the uh, the box, though? $15.95. Oh, that's not too bad at all. Yeah. Flat rate shipping. But your contents on, like, had to fit in that box. Yeah, yeah. So that doesn't always because they usually have like weird, oddly shaped boxes. Yeah, I sent, I sent out two beers, uh, a beer glass. So I, I grabbed some craft stuff from uh, TWB, and then I sent five discs and some stickers and maybe just maybe some scene on screen swag, as in some stickers and keychains. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't fart into like a jar or anything like that and like be like, open this only what for emergencies. In case of emergencies, snap. Yeah, no. But uh, I got I got a t-shirt. I got a few discs. I got a marker. It was cool. It was fun. It was fun. Really fun. I got to say, though. So uh, I see you're drinking a non-sponsored be- um, beverage. You're, <laughs> you're drinking a holiday ginger ale, correct? Yeah, it's. Uh, hold on. Do can you get this in the states? Is this like a can- Canada only thing? Well, Canada Dry is an American company that. No, it isn't. It's Canada Dry is proudly bottled even... in Canada. CanadaDry.ca. You're it's holding like, a can. This is like I'm Coca-Cola. Pretty... This is the Coca-Cola company. I'm pretty sure it's available in the states. Hey, Americans, American listeners, can you get uh, cranberry ginger ale Canada Dry down there? Let us know. Well, Send us a message. they might not be able to because what I learned today is we're it's a week before Christmas. Well, give or take mm-hmm. six days. And I went in with a coworker to go pick up some stuff before our shift. And she was like, oh, I'm going to pick up some cranberry ginger ale. And we looked and we looked and it was all gone. And I asked the nice lady at Walmart and she replied with, if it's gone, we're not stocking any more Christmas stuff. I was like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> because they did this at Halloween. Hold too. on. You called a nice Walmart lady a motherfucker. No, in my in my head. Okay. <laughs> they did this at Halloween too. You know how like back in the day you'd like rush to like Walmart, Zellers, Shoppers Drug Mart the day after Halloween to get all that candy goodness? Yeah. I think companies are ordering less or cutting off the amount that they're ordering beforehand and stopping that supply chain. So they have less to send out and ship back. Yeah. Or they have less that they need to uh, put on, on clearance. Right. Near my high school. I noticed our Walmart had all of their Christmas lights, 50% off. Like all of their decorations were like 50% off already. 
artificial trees are already on sale. I know. It's um it's crazy. So like I was um I can't I can't remember where my story was gonna go. I'm sorry, it's gone. <laughs> it just it definitely just blew out of my brain. Oh, in high school, there used to be a Zellers nearby the high school. Mm-hmm. And like November 1st, you'd rush to the mall at lunch. Fucking fly because you wanted a big ass box of candy for your locker. Mm-hmm. That's not a thing anymore. I went like 8 a.m. November 1st this year because I work near a Walmart. I go grab drinks from Walmart all the time. Nothing. Maybe a few little like of those little foil pumpkins. Yeah, I've been looking for like stocking stuffers and 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 whatnot, and even that kind of stuff is hard to find. Yeah, well, get candy, or you you can just drive over to the states. You're not that far. Just go. It's a yes, it is. It's still it's a two and a half for me to get to the states. It's still a two and a half hour drive through the states, and then I have to like brave the the great outdoors because like roads are horrible here. Yeah, we're actually supposed to, fingers crossed, get like a decent dumping of snow before Christmas. So hoping for hoping to wake up uh, next Sunday morning or this Sunday morning with a, a nice thin blanket of snow on the ground. We're hovering around minus 18 degrees uh, right now. We went from literally like minus four or five last week to now we're, uh, I think, Christmas Eve uh, minus 20. We're going to have a white Christmas, though. Yeah, that's because it's already white out there. <laughs> that's true. You're going to have a ton. This is your very first Tundra Christmas. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> uh, so what's on the docket today? We got a, a few things. Uh, you know what? Before we get into the show, one more thing. So as you know, we did the trivia at TWB for, for Christmas mm. uh, in the Community Angel Project. And I'm happy to tell you guys that we raised over $500 in cash donations. And we did probably close to another 300 to $400 in donations of various food, clothing items, toys, all that stuff. I would say That's total amazing. about $800-$900 combined, I think. That's Look, Looking at that pile was pretty sweet. I don't have uh I don't have any like sound bites that would be like He's so hot right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh Honestly, when I got that text message the other morning, I just felt so warm. It's oh, a, it's this will work. Good news, everyone. <laughs> a little late. A little um, late. <laughs> it was just such a heartwarming feeling to know that we were able to do something so so impactful to the community. And I, I'm really hopeful mm-hmm. that like those gifts, even though it doesn't sound like a lot total it goes a long way with some of those families in need. So yeah, because like there's, really there, there are a lot of uh, families out there that especially, especially now with the cost of everything rising and, and whatnot, there's a lot of people that, that can't afford to have, you know, a lot of gifts or even any really for their, their kids or their family. And, and uh, any little bit helps. And it's great being part of a community and and seeing people come together to help those that have less and uh no it's it's amazing that kind of what what everyone brought together for that and they had fun while doing it right so yeah it was it was a really good time thank you all for coming and we'll see you in january now 
We got some Christmas stuff to talk about. Well, first we got some stupid stuff to talk about, like Dwayne the Walk Johnson. Oh, my God. So David and I have gone back and forth in the last two days on if we wanted to talk about this or not. And we figure it's big enough that if we ignore it, we can't really talk about it next week. But as you guys know, we started talking about last week how um, actually a few weeks ago that Black Adam may not profit enough to get a sequel. And then Dwayne The Rock Johnson came out and tweeted that the movie did financially well. Right? Do you have have the tweet? Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, you, I don't know where you send that to me. He he said that they they made enough money for a sequel, but really, then I I looked it up, and the movie's only like really. Oh, here we go. Uh, was it a tweet? Yeah, waited to confirm with financiers before I shared this excellent Black Adam news. Our film will profit between fifty-two million and seventy-two million. Fact. At almost 400 million worldwide, we are building our new franchise step by step. First, Captain America did 370 or 370 million for the DC future. Okay, <laughs> you know Avatar made that money like yesterday. Yeah, you know <laughs> the thing is, is Captain America. You know, 370 million for for Captain America. That when that came out. That was still the beginning of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So like they were still learning quite a bit and they didn't have as many like knockout blockbuster movies that they do now in in the entire Marvel Universe. You know, this is this just kind of goes to show how freaking cocky Dwayne Johnson is because he's he's playing this off as like he is completely like rebuilding the DC cinematic universe but this is really no different than any other dc movie how much did joker make um you know no i don't off the top of my head because uh, numbers joker made 1.074 billion dollars worldwide that's actually pretty good pocket change i know domestic was uh 335 million Worldwide international was 738 million. Okay, let's just take a look at Black Adam. Uh, let's see. Black okay. Adam still hasn't made 400 million. Black Adam domestic, domestic was 167,000, international 223, so worldwide 391. So, okay, here's the thing Joker is, was a different superhero movie. Well, I guess it was a villain movie, right? But completely different feel completely different take in the whole like universe and it has done or it did do better than black adam has if anything i would say that taking uh the the the, like the example of joker and making more movies like that more i think what dc needs is the more realistic kind of gritty superhero style right Minus Shazam, that works really well for them. But um, Black Adam, just you know, you have you seen it? No, it's on my list of things to watch after Christmas. Right. So I have no desire to really go out and and watch it. But when it shows up on streaming services or something like that, then obviously I'll watch it then. But The Rock is just saying all of these things, making it seem like he's such a 
single-handedly like resurrecting the DC universe. That's because he did, man. So the, the the real piss off though is that he he kind of brought well he did bring apparently uh Henry Cavill back. That's a, the in rumor. A, in a cameo in that movie as uh Superman near the end or something like that. Uh Black Adam is the main or one of the main antagonists or villains in the Shazam, Shazam but he's refusing to be in those movies. And I have, uh, I had mentioned this to you in in some of our chats is probably because the rock has a clause in all of his contracts that his character can't lose. Like he can't be beaten up or anything like that, or, or to the point where someone's losing. So he's literally playing a villain, but he's not going to be in a movie against his main arch enemy because he's going to, ultimately have to lose a fight so i saw i think it was uh straw hat goofy he came out and kind of said like a, a lot of it's pretty shocking but also at the same time it was like the rock didn't care about being black adam the rock cared about being a superhero at whatever cost it would be so he picked mm. a villain and tried to make him a superhero. He tried to do a Joker. He tried to do a Venom. He's not Tom Hardy. You know? Mm-hmm. Tom Hardy's a good actor. The Rock is just The Rock. And from what I understand, he's the least interesting part of the movie. Take that in. Well, when you think about the movies that he plays, though, he's usually the least interesting one. He's always like the same character. He's always the muscly guy. He throws a few one-liners in there, right? But he's not, it, it's always like the side characters and, and other people that he interacts with. That's more interesting. That's why he always does movies with Kevin Hart. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, so you know what? Let's try and watch it before next episode. If you Black can't make Adam? it through it, you can't make it through it. Yeah. But yeah. Let's try and watch it before next episode and give it like our, our final hurrah to that yeah. movie yeah i will say like the thing that pisses me off is henry cavill he did the justice league and then they like killed off superman brought him back did this weird cg thing to his face because of mission impossible and then they didn't have him actually be the superman cameo at the end of shazam number one mm-hmm. it was just remember it was from like the neck down so you don't see Mm-hmm. And then at the end of, I think it's, oh shit, not, um, what was the last DC movie that, or, um, Peacemaker, Superman silhouettes there, but it's not, it's not him. And then he got dragged in back into this and he was like, like the rock was just like, yeah, this is how we're going to market the movie. This is this, this is that. And when you watch this over and over and over again, all the rock did was bring Superman up. Even though he wasn't even supposed to on press junkets, he brought Superman up to fu- like flex on a shitty movie and like pump up a shitty movie. Mm-hmm. He's like the king of marketing. Yeah. And because guaranteed a lot of people are going to see like because I- I'm sure people were expecting to see Superman in that movie. Right. So I don't know. Uh, and, and there was you, sh- you had shared a few uh, other like videos with me and 
from input from other actors and, and whatnot. On, Are you going to talk about the Zachary Levi clip? Because that's the best one. Uh, you have, you have to re- I forget what he was talking about in that one. So Zachary Levi was said that he, he wanted to punch or he would like to punch the rock in the face. Um, Dwayne Johnson reportedly declined to shoot a cameo in Black Adam or a cameo as Black Adam for Shazam Fury of the Gods telling Warner Brothers executives, I'm only here to play in the big leagues. Buddy, your movie barely was T-ball. Hold on, did okay. Hold on, let's see uh, which movies made more money. Is Shazam two out yet? No, not yet. But 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 but, do you remember at the end of Shazam, they're like, "Who's yeah. the other chair for?" And the girl was like, "I don't know, but whoever it is, I'm sure I'll love them." Yeah. So Shazam. Okay. Well, you know what? Shazam was Shazam is tough. Shazam, Shazam got tough, a yeah. sequel, but it was a movie that was completely underappreciated, and then people yeah. saw it at yeah. home. I think it's a pandemic movie, isn't it? 2019, 2020? April 2019. Oh, so not pandemic. I think it kind of came out at a time, like looking at these numbers, it only did 366 worldwide, but it did get a sequel. I think partially because... Didn't the, Infinity War come out that way, that exact... Yeah, you know what? Or was, it was that Endgame? It was competing with... Uh, it's Endgame. It was competing April? with another, yeah, April third. It was competing with another, like major, some other major ones. But, um, it was one of those movies that a lot of people who who saw it like afterwards, like at home or or whatever, uh, really, really were vocal about how good the movie was, and it got a sequel. Uh, let's see what like so, and the thing is like Shazam. I watched it and. Well, we both watch it, and it's a it's an entertaining movie. It yeah, felt I watched it because of you. It felt more like how Spider Man. I would say how like the the more recent Spider Man movies are are fun and entertaining to watch, rather than trying to be overly serious. That it because when you think about it, a lot of the DC movies, whether it be Wonder Woman, Batman, Batman. Batman. <laughs> they all try to be very serious whereas shazam kind of took it a different route and and added that like comedy that humor that people were getting in the marvel movies that really stood out but then that lightheartedness and playfulness of say like the spider-man movies or even like thor like the more recent thor movies or or whatnot and it they had a good like a a good recipe for a solid movie and we're getting a sequel. And I think the hype for the sequel, I think this, I, I will not be surprised if Shazam two does way better than uh, calling it right now. Wow. <laughs> you know what though? I cannot Bulletin wait board for, material. I cannot wait for that to happen so that we can see all of like the comments from the rock comp- like bitching about how, he had the highest uh like or the best movie or whatever and then we have uh who who plays Shazam and I forget his name Zachary, Zachary Levi. Levi I can't wait for those uh <laughs> those interviews and those tweets and all that stuff because it's just going to be a shit show like and I think the rock needs needs something like that to happen to kind of bring him down a few notches because 
the way that he's playing it off is like he's acting as if he is the end all be all of like superheroes and it's just more and more people are coming out of the woodwork saying like he's kind of an asshole like even with furious fast and furious Tyrese has been on it for years and then him and Vin Diesel didn't get along either. But like you notice who's not in any more Furious movies and Vin approached him for the two part 10. Paul Walker died, though, so he can't be. Huh? (laughs) Never mind. That was a bad joke. Bad joke. (laughs) Boom. Vin approached him being like, hey, I know we have our differences, but like you need to help us finish what we started for Paul. And of course the rock was like, fuck off. <laughs> I'm going to be Hobbs and Shaw three. You can catch a helicopter on a chain. Cause that's what I do. I'm yeah. man. Jabroni. <laughs> that's my rock impression guys. It's terrible. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was horrible. He sounds like Sony CEO. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Funny, yeah. They're all the same. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so pretty much more drama with, with Superman and the rock and all this stuff. When does, uh, the new, oh, Shazam, you, but you never sh- finished the drama, man. Oh, what's more? the whole, the only reason we're talking about it is because Henry Cavill got fired. Well, yeah, DC, because... DC was like, you're out. Wonder woman, you're gone. Batman, you're out of here. Cyborg, you suck. Jason Momoa, your movie's coming out and we hate Amber Heard. Get out of here. It's all happening. James Gunn, like, in all honesty, it's crazy. The amount that that guy has been bullied, cyber attacked on the internet in the last five days is insane. He posted about it. Actually, I, I'm going to I'm gonna pull part of his post because I thought it was handled with class and dignity, which, I mean, some of his attackers may not have that kind of wherewithal. Mm-hmm. Um, James Gunn, right here, got it. So he posted, um, no one loves to be harassed or called names, but to be frank, we've been through significantly worse. Disrespectful outcry will never, ever affect our actions. We were aware there would be a period of turbulence when we took this gig, and we knew we would sometimes have to make difficult and not so obvious choices, especially in the wake of fractures or in the fractious nature that came before us. This means little to us in comparison to our jobs as artists and custodians and helping create a wide and wonderful future for DC. James Gunn was just like, fuck your shit, everyone. Pretty much. Fuck your shit. I'm very, I'm very proud of that man. I, but, I like but James at the Gunn. same time, at the same time though, he has to prove it. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's one thing to say, okay, you know what? We're doing all this and there's no place for, for, for these kind of words or actions. But you know what? If you are going to clear the slate of the actors that have agreements and that have been working to build uh, a universe, if you're going to get rid of them, then you have to prove it. Like you have to, what you come out with next has to be better than what there was before. So, you know, if he comes out with some phenomenal movies and, uh, you know, they, they are just Marvel <laughs> level good, then okay, sure. I think the general public owes, owes him a, an apology, but well, until you prove it, you know. Suicide Squad wasn't bad. Like, uh, it was disgusting yeah. to watch while I was eating dinner, but it wasn't <laughs> bad. I don't think I've seen I don't think I've seen it. 
The new one? Yeah. That's with like everyone, like the crazy one, right? With like a, a billion jo- different actors. John Cena's in it. Pete Davidson's in it. Lots of stuff. Yeah. Can we do Christmas now? I'm sad. Yeah, it is Christmas time. It's Sean Christmas. finally, Sean watched the Santa Clauses and the, the level of emotions. <laughs> the, I think Sean went through every single emotion while watching that ultimately to end with a, it wasn't that bad. If I were to rate it in thirds, <laughs> two out of 10, <laughs> six out of 10, eight out of 10 for a common, like a cumulative, like seven out of 10. The beginning is pretty bad. The beginning is pretty bad. Um, and like I told you, it ends on a satisfying note. Sort of. Here's my problem. Now okay. that you let me talk about it, this is your own fault. Pandora's yeah. box is now open. Sorry. Santa's closet is now open. No, Santa's toy chest. Got it. No, it's Santa's sack. You're crawling out of Santa's sack. Disney should stop making special series six episodes long agreed if this was a 12 episode run i think i would have appreciated it more but these were like 40 minute episodes in some cases 30 Mm -hmm. they were not very long and you just introduce cal penn's character and you're like oh my god this guy's automatically gonna become santa why would he be in the, the the very beginning right Spoilers mm-hmm. for those who haven't seen it. It's been out for like three weeks, guys. Gosh. Um, and then they just forced him upon you. Right? Like they yeah, have this interview yeah. with him and Santa doesn't like him to replace Santa. Then all of a sudden they're like, hey, you can become Santa. And he immediately becomes like a dickhead about it. Yeah. Do you remember Mythic Quest? Of course you do. I do. Uh, yes, I do. Do you remember in the second season? And apparently they've done it for the third season as well. There's like a a throw, well, not a throwaway, but like a a background story episode with new characters. Right. So in season two, it was like Jake Johnson and Krista Malati mm-hmm. about what happened in that studio space originally and the video game. Mm-hmm. The Santa Claus needed that. And I thought episode five was kind of close to that, but it needed to happen an episode sooner and more about Santa's past. And the fact that they like tailored Santa to be the first human Santa ever to give it a chance, give Christmas a chance to grow and develop. Cool. I like that. Kind of made it fun and different. Mm -hmm. I think the people that they chose for the kids. Great. Mrs. Claus was like ass kickingly hilarious, but like they didn't touch on a lot of the stuff that they complained about in episode one. And that's what kind of pissed me off. She felt like she didn't have an identity. Like Carol didn't have a name anymore. She was just Mrs. Claus. Couldn't wear jeans. And then she was like, like, I'm back. By the, by the end, she was still like nameless. Right. I thought it was going to be more of a, I I did feel like it was going to be more of a story of, of like Scott Calvin trying to, find a replacement santa right so they really interviewed two people they interviewed that one uh peyton manning peyton manning and then uh fake jeff bezos right so really they did two things and i felt like they could have really they could have gone a lot further with it and and kept it as like maybe he was he was interviewing multiple people 
and throughout that process he finds out that you know what like it's it's this isn't just something that you can just replace like this right it, you have to i don't, I don't know I, I like fall into the role <laughs> and believe, i guess kind of right? right um the the whole idea of of the guy like turning evil and kind of ruining christmas and and uh, the elves disappearing, all that stuff was kind of a cool concept. But again, like like you said, it was a six episode series, very rushed. And the things that they could have expanded on, they they didn't because they just didn't have enough time. Um, time is always of the essence. And like, OK, I would have liked to see more exploration of um, Betty and Noel. I thought they were fun characters. And like, obviously, mm. their kids playing. 1600 year old adult elves and like one's playing like the dopey sidekick and i like that and the other one it's kind of like the devil on my shoulder and the angel on my shoulder kind of thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. la bufana the witch never came up in the first three movies all of a sudden she's like incredibly pivotal to it and to the the entire show and she's the only person who keeps santa's coat safe mm-hmm. the fuck and, and they, where is and Chet kind of, the reindeer? <laughs> well, that's the one thing. The the one thing about all of like the Santa Claus movies is that they they introduce these like characters that just kind of disappear, right? Like they're they're not really brought back. Um, I did think it was cool though that they did uh, bring back Bernard. That was really good for yeah. a bit, and I do like how they played off like how he looks so different because. Obviously, when in 94, when uh, the first Santa Claus movie came out, you know, the guy who played Bernard was a younger, a young more, strapping boy. Yeah. And, and he's he's much older now. So I like how they kind of uh, play that off, how he fell in love with a human and then and kind of renounced his elfness to to become human or whatever. So that was cool. Um, some of the throwbacks of the movies and whatnot were, were really well done. Um, but really the best parts were with Tim Allen and the elves and kind of like the jokes that they were throwing in there. Like when he was in jail and, <laughs> and he's like and, Murtaugh. Yeah. Yeah. He's in jail. I just seen enough of this stuff. And then, uh, you know, the, the jail, but the bars are just licorice. They're <laughs> right? all too like, stupid to figure it out. Yeah. Right. Like things like that. You know, those were, those were really good. And I, I, the last episode was solid. And I feel like if they had, like, like you said, if the, if the series was longer, they could have added probably an extra, like three or four episodes to expand on some things. But the way that it ended though, I feel like that was a satisfying ending. I, I would agree. I I would have been more satisfied if there was some sort of like atonement or realization from Simon. Yeah. Like he just got to go to sleep and woke up as himself, but he didn't remember anything, but he was wearing the Santa Claus pajamas. Is that a red herring for the future? Maybe we know there's also a second season and this is what really upset me. Wait, there's a second season. Yeah, so I learned that the day after I watched episode four. So I was like, oh, I guess he's coming back. Really? Yeah. 
There's if you look on IMDb, it's listed Jeez. as seven episodes already. Okay, you know what? Maybe they're gonna continue on. Like, okay, this didn't work, so we're gonna have to interview someone else. No, it's gonna be the kids who take over. Guaranteed. Uh, could be. You can see magic and feel the coat. Like you can that's, feel his. That's, pet. that's true. Actually, I forgot about that. Yeah, the kids. Yeah, yeah. the kids are gonna take over, and and you know, uh, his son has that girl who now is definitely not going to uh, forget that he is Santa Claus's son because he forgot to erase her memory. That's kind of weird that Santa Claus can do that. How many times has he erased our memories? Is this Every why you f- is this why you feel like Christmas season lasts so long? Because you're having like little lapses of your memory and some of that Santa sparkle magic dust isn't always working on Sean. Uh, that's exactly kind of what happened. So <laughs> just so you know. All right, let's see. Screen Rant has a ranking of characters um, uh, one to eight with who you like the most, okay? So Screen Screen Rant has Simon as eight out of eight, just the worst character in the show. Um, seven out of eight was Betty. No nonsense like Bernard. I thought that girl was a very good actor. I thought she did really well. Number six, Scott Hal- uh, Calvin. Wow. As the heart of the Santa Claus universe, Scott's character arc in the Santa Clauses feels out of character at times. While he wasn't always thrilled to be Santa, he grew into the role in becoming the Santa of all Santas. I think it was really touching when they do the um, the Yule verse, how mm-hmm. they go back to him talking to Santa, and he's like explaining that he asked for everything for his family and not for himself. Yeah, well, and which the is thing why is, he was perfect for Santa. And I think that kind of echoes the the first movie though, because. He is this very successful businessman, right? But still has the excitement and and wants like Charlie to to feel the excitement for Christmas. And he doesn't want to ruin the 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 illusion of Santa for him and all that stuff, right? So I feel like they kind of play a little bit with on that and and expand on his character a little bit more, but yeah, I agree. Carol is next. Which is actually kind of funny because like I found her her story arc from the Santa Claus 2 to now interesting because she went from like this badass principal who was like misunderstood to she married Scott to the next one. They were like kicked out of the North Pole kind of because of Jack Frost. And then she was like the stereotypical Mrs. Claus. And I remember we were sitting there on the couch and uh, she like she got into the fight with those stupid stupid soldiers from that movie from the Santa Claus 2. Mm-hmm. I was just like, damn, this Claus is a little hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, number four, they have um, Scott's son, Cal. Um, he was the one born at the end of Santa Claus 3, and he has magical powers. Number three is Noel or Noel. I thought he was actually a really good elf. Really funny. Yeah. Number two is Grace. Here's which is, my issue, which is weird because she... she here's my issue with this list. She's overjoyed and like the true believer in Christmas. But like, are they going to bring her back? I didn't find her that likable. No, I found her to be an accessory to Simon that was often overlooked or forgotten. Mm-hmm. And number one, to no surprise whatsoever, Sandra Claus. The daughter. Which I I. I don't understand why is she the most likable character, though. Did you ever see the movie Noel? 
Yes. I feel like she's kind of like that. Santa's daughter believes in Christmas, loves like they they told us at the very beginning she could talk to animals and nobody paid attention. Remember, she was talking mm-hmm. to the mouse and mm-hmm. no, but like you, it was only a one way dialogue. Mm-hmm. So you would have never noticed one way or another if the mouse communicated back in a way that other people noticed. Kind of like the first season of Scrubs, the janitor was supposed to be just in JD's imagination. So all the dialogue between them was just in his mind. Mm-hmm. She's just, she seemed to be like the kind hearted clause, you know? Yeah. Well, there's, there, I, I think that there's, well, now that there's a second season, which they could have done, just done one long season and made it 12 episodes instead of two short six series, <laughs> six episode seasons. But I don't know. It's, uh, it was, I don't think it was as horrible as you were expecting it to be, but it did oh, start off. The first off, two episodes were ass. Oh, yeah. Tr- tr- complete trash. Uh, kind of like Willow. I have, uh, I've watched a little bit more of Willow and granted, like some of the episodes are still pretty cringy. Uh, it's still a bunch of teenagers just doing teenagery things and whatnot. Uh, but the, the episodes are getting better. Is it something to, uh, like super rave about? No, but again, I think, uh, what we're seeing a lot with some of these Disney Disney series is that they usually, they, they start off slow. Andor was a prime example of that too, right? The first few episodes, you're like, this is boring. It's not going anywhere. And I felt the same way. And then it really picked up. But Andor had 12 episodes to to flesh out the series with, right? Whereas um, I think, I want to say Willow's only six episodes or eight episodes. Yeah. Um, so they, how many episodes is this one TV series? I guess four is, only four is out. Yeah, eight episodes for Willow. So a lot of these Disney series, and they did the same thing with Marvel as well, with some of that stuff, is they're they're doing these these TV shows and they are really short. And okay, people are gonna say, well, it's six episodes if they are roughly 40 minutes each. That's still more time than what we get in a movie. But with a TV show, you'd think that they would take that extra time and use it to expand on the story and on the characters mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And we're not really getting that. We're getting a little bit of it and then some random ass fillers and then uh, the series ends. So, so what was the most useless plot line in the show for you? The most useless plot line um, or plot device. You could pick literally anything. I already have mine loaded in my uh, brain. I would say when Carol went back, like when they went back to Earth and she became the principal, like that really did. That went nowhere. Yeah, nowhere quick. Like all it showed was that uh, Scott Calvin was not used to being like he was used to being the the one that everyone knows. Right, Santa Claus. That's the only reason why what like what they had it for is that now that their roles kind of changed, but they didn't really do anything with it because now they went back to okay. So here's the thing: she became the principal of some new school, and then she just all of a sudden disappears and goes back to the North Pole, and now the school has no principal. Didn't they also like claim that they like lived yeah somewhere? Yeah. Um, okay, I'll counter that. Because I agree. I think that's stupid. And 
the only life he ever knew because like he came back to work right in the toys or uh um when he worked for his company and then he met carol Mm -hmm. because he was like vacationing as a mr claus or whatever so he hadn't been down to earth for a while but the dumbest plot device they used was charlie oh yeah well you know what what a what a destruction of a character yeah they what they were trying to do with charlie was get rid of him well, not even get rid of him, kind of build hope for the character, like for the for the viewer, sorry, to be like, oh, man, Charlie's going to be the next Santa Claus, right? Like, it only makes sense. He was there for all those things. But no, they just put him in there so that he can have, you know, that scene in there. And then we should show that he's lost the spirit of Christmas himself. Yeah, and his wife hates him. Well, her, oh, yeah. her, his wife hates Santa or her dad, whatever. Yeah, but yeah. She doesn't know the secret, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I just I thought Charlie was bad. I thought that was a a, a bad use of Charlie. Mm-hmm. But I also enjoyed the Yule verse like Krampus. That was sweet. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was so glad that uh, when they show Krampus, because she who shall not be named was like, who's Krampus? I'm like, oh, We'll watch, watch some, that movie. We'll watch some movies. We'll watch some Krampus movies. Speaking of uh, speaking of Krampus movies and Christmas movies in general, the uh, you know, the, what would a special Christmas episode be if we didn't talk about Christmas stuff for at least 10 minutes? <laughs> so we just talked about Christmas stuff for 20. What more do you want? <laughs> No, but these are our top Christmas movies or shows that you need to watch every year. Otherwise, you might as well not celebrate Christmas at all. Okay. Well, I think we <laughs> both agree on one movie, but everything else on our leading or our thing is different, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess let's we'll 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 save the penultimate movie till the very end, and uh, I will go first. So. The rules are very simple. These are movies that we cannot live without draft style. So we had four each. The only one that's off the board because we love each other so much. And the movie is the last one. So you have four mm-hmm. movies each that you get to take with you on a desert island. I just changed the game slightly because they're all different movies. And I will start first with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Anakin Skywalker's Jingle <laughs> All the Way. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. One. <laughs> yeah, that's mainly a Anakin movie. Skywalker. Yeah. I think this movie is still one of the the most watched, quoted Christmas movies in my my family. Mm-hmm. Um, even in the middle of the summer, if I'm running, I'll be like, "Dash a dead surprise of weeks to come and keep a total blizzard." And just, I think it speeds me up. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Haha, this is fun. The fact that at least once a month, I'll be like, "Nobody likes you, Booster," tells me how much this movie lives in my head. And like rent free. It lives rent free in your head. I think I own two copies of this. It was one of those weird scenarios where I think my sister and I both found it at like a giant tiger and we bought it, not telling each other. And then we brought it to the same thing. We're like, <gasps> we have two copies of Jingle All the Way. <laughs> so Jingle All the Way. Amazing. Just amazing. Okay. Uh, my first pick is a classic movie that if you haven't seen it by now, you are totally missing out. 
Um, this is, of course, the shit. What year did it come out? 1983, A Christmas Story. Story of Ralphie and uh, his need and desire for a Red Ryder BB gun. Ralphie and Bullwinkle? No, just Ralphie and his brother, Randy. Uh, this is a movie that my mother recorded this off the TV when it was broadcast many, many, many years ago. So she copied recorded it onto a VHS tape. And not only did she record it, she paused the recording when commercials went on so that we had a copy <laughs> that we could watch with no commercials. And from that point on, that became our Christmas Eve movie to watch. Uh, it's just one of those things, kind of like, kind of, kind of like uh, Jingle All the Way. It has some quotable quotes, uh, not as like humorous or funny as Jingle All the Way, but uh, obviously you've seen a Christmas story, right? Never once in my life have I seen twenty four hours of a Christmas story on TBS. They play it on. Once. I thought it was uh, another famous no, one that they it play used on. to be on TBS all the time. So when oh, okay. TBS or Turner Broadcasting Service system system uh, okay, yeah. was a thing before it became Peachtree TV, TBS would famously run that movie all day, yeah. every Christmas. And now the Comedy Network plays Big Bang Theory. <laughs> How times have changed. Oh, yeah, I know, right? No, but like... Uh, my favorite, one of my favorite lines in that whole movie is when he's helping his dad change the uh, the tire, and he he knocks the bolts out of his hands, and he's like, "Ah, oh, fudge!" But then oh, the narrator's fudge. like, "Oh, only I didn't say fudge. I said the word, the big one, the queen mother of dirty words, the f dash 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 word." And it's one of those things that, like, when we're watching it with my mom she like laughs every single time because every parent knows the time that they hear their kid drop an actual <laughs> significant swear word. Right. Like, but uh, no, a Christmas story, it will always forever be on my list of uh, must watch Christmas movies. Excellent. It's, it's hard to top that. Now I was, I was in between because my next movie, I was going to either pick a Christmas movie or a Christmas adjacent Christmas adjacent movie. You know, so many people think Die Hard is no longer a Christmas movie, but it takes place at Christmas. It's literally Christmas Eve. Die Hard is a 100% time honored classic and tradition. I usually kind of have it on in the background now. No, now, though, it's not one movie that I have to like sit and watch intently. Mm -hmm. It's just something that I like have on. Which is why I'd still pick it because there is no Christmas without Yippie Kaye, Mr. Falcon. And there is definitely no Christmas without John McLean crawling <laughs> through an air duct. Period. There's That's not. fair. Um, you know what? Funny thing is, um, She Who Shall Not Be Named has not seen Die Hard. So that's on our list of Christmas movies to watch. Wow. I have a friend who hasn't seen something that's on our list that we're talking about tonight. Are they even a friend then? Can they be called uh, a friend? Contemplating removing friendship status. Yeah. 
next one on my list. This is uh, this is a movie that has had so many different renditions, so many different versions. But my favorite by far is the Jim Carrey version, the animated A Christmas Carol. I remember seeing this movie in theaters in 3D, and it just blew me away. The way that they did it in 3D was just so good. But Jim Carrey managed to play Scrooge um, in such a way that it was like, he, you, you could tell it was Jim Carrey, right? But he put his own twist on the way that the character was. But it was so well done. The animation was so well done. Um, it, it is by far my favorite version of A Christmas Carol. I will watch it every year. The soundtrack is great. Um, the acting is great. They did that like mocap, like so it was the actors actually acting, and then they 3D animated them and all that stuff. So it was pretty cool how they did it. Um, if if you haven't seen it, even in 2D, <laughs> it it's a great movie. Um, I watch it every year. I, I respect it, and I allow it. Um, thank you, thank you. My, my favorite version of a, a Christmas Carol right now is Spirited. Dude, I I've never been so hooked on earwormy music before in my life. You mean like this like, one? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Well, I never just let one fly and you'll be smiling pretty soon. Like this. Good afternoon. I think you you pop us off. It's like this. I've had a change of heart. Uh oh, you don't like that song anymore? There's three songs that are just so much better. Do a little good at, from the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, that Christmas morning feeling and bringing back Christmas are just phenomenal. And like, I've thrown these on. Um, our Spotify like Christmas playlist. And when mm. these come on, we're pumped. We're just singing along, having a good time. They're mm-hmm. great. This movie was honestly such a surprise. And it means like every movie means something to other people, but like mm-hmm. this helped lighten up some days we were having. And mm-hmm. I think that's, I'm going to grip onto that for a while, but that's not the movie I'm putting on my list. Just so you know. Yeah, it's a great song. Um, I'm going to put the next movie on my list being The Night Before, starring Seth Rogen, The Falcon and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Anthony Mackie. Interesting. This is like that adjacent movie, isn't it? No, this isn't. It literally (laughs) happens again on Christmas Eve. I know. I know. I'm just I'm just joking. But it's more of like that that kind of party movie where they're all trying to get to this Yule Ball kind of thing. Or I can't remember the name of. Uh, something yeah it's like some like evening like party thing or whatever yeah for the life of me it's escaping me right now but great cast really funny moments it's just an overall good adult christmas movie the adjacent movie i was going to pick was office christmas party very similar vibe but jason bateman jt miller and uh or tj miller and jennifer aniston i have never seen that movie really Really? And and you know what? Like, I remember when it came out and I heard that it was really good, but I just never got around to seeing it. It's it's pretty entertaining. It's uh, like Olivia Munn's in it. Like, there's a huge cat. Kate McKinnon. Wow. They just keep coming. Huh? Huh? It's popping off. 
I'll have to check it out. Uh, my next movie on my list is uh, Home Alone 2. Ooh, good choice. As much as Home Alone 1 is a classic and, and you know, amazing. And as much as Home Alone 3 brought back the home alone part of Home Alone. And believe it or not, there's five Home Alone movies in total. Incorrect. Wrong. Yes, yes there is. Wrong. You're about oh, to be six. Bitch. Sorry, there's yep. six. <laughs> One came out last year. Home Sweet actually, Home Alone. It's pretty good. Is it? Yeah. It's um I can't remember the guy in it, but Ellie Kemper's in the movie and it she's really, really good in it. It's like a little a little British boy, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's six Home Alone movies, but um, the second one just has always, for some reason, when I think of Home Alone, I think of that one. Because it had so many good parts in that movie where we really learned more about, um, it's, who is, what's his name? Calvin? Kevin McAllister. Kevin McAllister. What? We really learn about him and and that he cares about Christmas. That he, they, there's a a better connection and understanding between his relationship and his mother, and all that stuff. Like I just thought it was really good. Uh, I actually watched a video the other day on uh, how many times what's their faces the the burglars would have died in that yeah. movie. It was like twenty two times. <laughs> Didn't they do a MythBusters? On Home Alone, just to see how many would be fatal. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But it's just crazy. But such a, such a good movie. Always a classic. Always, always love watching it. And it also has, uh, what is that? That one has Carol of the Bells. Is that one? Oh, um, when they're running through the um, Central Park going towards yeah, the Pigeon Lady. It's one of the best, best versions of Carol, Carol of the Bells. So there is a Mythbusters Home Alone episode, I believe. Um, somewhere. How deadly are the traps in Home Alone? Maybe. Um, so just to pile on to David's, I picked Home Alone 1 as the must one. I am a sucker for nostalgia and a sucker for the original. I remember, I don't know how many times as a kid, drawing out the floor plan of my house, or so I perceived it, and where I would put booby traps. And it would be like, well, I know there's toys here. I know there's a stair set to go to the basement so I can ice that and I can do this and I can do that. And I really meticulously thought this through with crayons, but I did it. (laughs) (laughs) And this is why you were locked into your room every year around Christmas. Yeah, it was it was that. And I was like fighting gargoyles. I don't know. Yeah, there. These movies are classics. You mentioned earlier that um a Christmas story was your Christmas Eve movie. Mm-hmm. This is our Christmas Eve movie. So when uh, myself and my other half started doing Christmas Eve on our own, we decided that was going to be the movie. So that's what we do. We we make some hot cocoa. We grab some like snacks. We watch Home Alone. We play a game. We go to bed. We hope Santa shows up. And that's that. But really, it's just me... That show up, shows up with a big sack of toys for you, and then I slither out, and you're like, "Smells like David was here." (laughs) 
honestly, so we we do this thing like and like I've done this since I was younger and had a TV in my room. Like I remember the day like I was in high school and I finally got a TV in my room and it was like the coolest thing ever. It was just a cable line in the mm-hmm. basement. Mm-hmm. I had to share it with another TV. So if I was up at night, I could like change the channel and that was it. I like strategically placed mirrors so I could use the remote from my bed to the nice. the, the receiver. But do you remember when Much Music used to do like 48 hours of Christmas songs? So it'd just be music videos from like Christmas Eve until Boxing or like all the way through Boxing Day? Yes. Yes, I do. So I remember some nights in the middle of the night waking up and that fucking Jingle Bells version of Cats Meowing would be on. So every <laughs> year I go to bed on Christmas now and I just put on a YouTube playlist of Christmas songs in hopes that I get that music video one day. It's it's like a rare luck of the draw thing, but like one day I hope it comes back to me. What's your final movie? My final movie, which probably a lot of people, it, it creeps a lot of people out because Krampus? Of, no, uh, because of the time that it came out, it was uh, it was still early in like this, the 3D animated uh, mocap stuff, but the Polar Express. It's only creepy if you remember. It's just some of the movements aren't natural. It's because it's in the Uncanny Valley for some people. The Uncanny Valley is where something looks or or we perceive it to look like something that we know. So say like a person, but it looks off, off just enough for it to be like, this is awkward. Uh, but I feel like uh, that movie, it, 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 it is a really good movie that explores the belief of children into in Christmas into Santa and all that stuff. Uh, Tom Hanks does a great job in it. Some of the the music is great in that movie. Um, and it is a, a great, a great movie to test out a home theater system (laughs) because when that train rolls in, it can really make your house shake. In fact, like when, uh, when I was setting up this is years ago, I was setting up, uh, you know, a, a new 12 inch subwoofer and a whole new home theater setup for my, my parents' house. And I popped that movie in, turned the volume up like as loud as I could just to see if we could get the house to shake. And we could <laughs> great movie. Love it. I always like to watch it at least once, once or twice around the, the, the Christmas time. But yeah, that's uh that's my fourth draft there. So the fifth movie should come to no surprise to anyone who has listened to the show, who has come to trivia, who has talked to David and I. It's love, actually. What the fuck? Just kidding. It is Christmas <laughs> Vacation. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Leonard from Big Bang Theory, Johnny mm-hmm. Gluggy. Such what a good can, movie. What can you say about this movie aside from it probably couldn't fully get made today but i actually don't think it's too spicy not really no it isn't and like this is an argument for a different day but i think and cal penn actually made this quote which is funny on the press tour for santa Claus's. he was asked if he would ever redo harold and kumar or do another spinoff because of how some of those jokes were especially the christmas one fantastic christmas movie um he said 
if I completely or continue to do comedies that I didn't think would be enjoyed in 10 years, I wouldn't do them anymore. Comedies are supposed to be funny. Mm. And I'm for that. Very much for that. And with Christmas vacation, I will laugh every time at the stupid jokes. I will. It's just so perfect. It's one of those movies that the jokes are so good that it doesn't matter how many times you've seen it. They're still funny. Like when the cat is chewing on the, the electrical cord and it gets fried, they move the chair and the cat is just like burnt into the rug. Like we know that that's going to happen every single time, but it's always still like not, not funny. Do you smell that? What is it? Fried pussy cat. You know, it just so much stuff. Like when they're cutting the turkey and it just like opens up and it's just like this big dry mess. And then the next thing, like everyone's just kind of like gnawing and like on like these hard parts of pieces of turkey, right? Like that movie is so good. But it's more than just a comedy. It it again, like if you look at some of a lot of these movies, they really show the true meaning and the spirit of the the holidays, right? Like Christmas vacation. Uh, what's his name? Chevy Chase's character. Yeah. Clark W. Clark. Griswold. Clark. It just shows like how much he cares about having the perfect Christmas with his family. Right. He just wants everything to be perfect. And, and we get shenanigans all, along the way. You Good know, shenaniganery. Uh, so if really all of these Christmas movies, if you look at, at it like especially the comedies if you if you dissect it a little bit and look at fundamentally what it is they all have the same the same message it's either you know spending time with friends and family or believing in the magic of christmas or santa claus or whatever this movie just does not does not disappoint and uh actually it's funny because we got a real christmas tree this year and where i live people don't really like necessarily go and buy real Christmas trees. Every single person I talked to is like, why didn't you just go into the bush and, and chop one down yourself? I'm like, well, I don't really know where I can do that. And I had to work as well. Don't really have the time to do it. But one, one year we'll, we'll go out and, and get a tree. But then someone said, are you going to be like uh Clark Griswold <laughs> with your family? Get like the biggest tree that you can find. And uh, it won't fit in the, the house. I'm like, yes, that's 100% going to be me. That's the play. That's the that's the whole point, right? So, David, obviously, I'm not going to see you before Christmas. I wish I would. I obviously talk to you, and we'll 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 talk before and on Christmas, of course. But we're not going to talk to our wonderful listeners again until near the New Year. It'll be New Year's Eve Eve show. What a <laughs> what, be, what yeah. a what a random occurrence. But I want to just say really quickly before we go, thank you to everyone who's listened. Thank you to everyone who has followed. Thank you to everyone who has told somebody to follow us. Thank you for all that have come out to our trivias. And thank you just from from everything I've got that you believe that this is something worth listening to and following along with. I know I could thank you at the end of the year, but thank you now. It's uh, It's important that you all know that you guys, or we do this because we can, and we have the time to do it and you guys like it and just thank you for for believing thank you for supporting thank you to my other half thank you to david's other half he can thank whoever he wants 
<laughs> Fuck but David th- and all the people that no, he wants to think. Hey, I'm thanking her on my personal account because she lets us do things because she believes in us too. Thank you to the people who have supported um, the TWB journey. And thank you. Like you guys know who you are for, for argument's sake, I'm not going to put your names in this, but thank you. Thank you to, to the core four of you guys that have really pushed me through there. TWB. Thank you, James. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Amanda and Amanda. But thank you. That's it. You guys from me anyways, that that's all I want to say before closing it out. I feel like, like, I feel like we should, I feel like we should be handing you an award or something like that. Do I play them? (laughs) Do I play the music? So you get the hint to (laughs) walk off the stage? No, but to, to echo what Sean said, you know, we, we love doing this show. We've been doing, this is what, like 152 episodes now. Uh, Every week we get together and get to talk about things that we love to talk about you guys get to listen to us talk about things. Um, we get laughs. We get tears. We get some people saying, I can't believe you said that. But overall, uh, if it wasn't for our listeners with the support that we get from our friends and family, like we wouldn't be doing this. So at this time of year, this is what we're, we're, we're about community, friends and family, and, and spending time with the people that we care about. And we care about all of our listeners. Uh, we care about each other, and uh, if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be doing a Christmas Eve Eve episode. So, you know, this one's for you guys, for all of our listeners across the globe. Yeah, for, so from all of us to all of you, we want to thank you very much for listening. We wish you a safe and happy and Merry Christmas. We will catch you all on the next episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. <laughs>